And we're back! Like we never left. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Morgan White. I'm Melissa Napoli. And this is the Creative for More podcast, a series of recordings talking about life on the world race, among other things. The world race is a mission trip that goes to 11 different countries over the course of 11 months. However, we are now in season two of this podcast, so things are a little different. Season one was documenting my whole race, the full 11 months. And when I got home, I was asked if I wanted to squad lead a trip, the same type of trip that I had just returned from. And I I said yes. So now this is month one of five that I will be back out on the field, a different role, um, different countries, a different squad, the whole thing. Melissa here with me was on my squad for the 11 months. We were on a team together for the first four months of our race. She is also featured on the previous episode called Drugs, Jesus, and Disposable Cameras. So go back and listen to that one if you have not. And in the same way that I said yes to going back out and serving again, Melissa said yes as well. She's staying for three months as an alumni team leader. We're going to talk about these new roles a little bit, um, how they differ, what they consist of, but also how this race has this experience so far back out on the field has already been so different than the last time we were out. Um, We also just want to fill you in on life in Asia. We are going to Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand. Then Melissa will return to the States. I will stay for two more months in Myanmar and Nepal, and then also go home as the squad of racers continues on without any alumni leaders. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, so we are living in the country of Indonesia right now for one month. Uh, Indonesia is, I think, the largest collection of islands. I'm um, pretty yeah, sure. I wouldn't doubt that at all. <laughs> I think so. Like, yeah, after being here for just a little bit. Yeah, I think so. It's also the largest group of Muslims mm-hmm. living in one country. Like, mm-hmm. the highest concentration of Muslims or yeah. whatever. Uh, Oh, I should also say, if there's a bunch of random noises in the background, just as a disclaimer, we are living on a very busy street, and it is impossible to find silence, Mm -hmm. so there's this place across the street that sells phones or something and they just like blast music all the time yeah like a nightclub over there doesn't matter when (laughs) and then there's like cars and motos and the whole thing it's kind of like settling down with the rain right now so anyways if it's obnoxiously loud sometimes in the background i apologize but um we're living in the city of bandung Mm -hmm. Um, on the island of Java. That's right. The island of Java also has the capital city, Jakarta. Mm-hmm. So that's where we landed after we traveled for however many hours. And you were on a different flight yeah. than I was. We had to like split up our whole squad with three different travel teams. <laughs> Are you the one you had to stay in? Did you have to stay in the airport in Atlanta mm-hmm. for a long time? Um, oh, no. There was, that was the third group. I was yes, the second You were the group. second. Okay. And then yeah. I was the first. We just were, we were in Indonesia, and the initial plan was for us to go to a hostel, but then that's never we... Oh, yeah, yeah. It, like, didn't make sense. And so for, like, I don't know, some hours, mm-hmm. we just sat in the airport. Mm-hmm. The airport in Jakarta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until the last group came, uh-huh. and then we were on our way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's been about a week and a half since we've been in this city now. This is a shorter month. It's not like a full four weeks. So that's a little unfortunate, but 
Um, yeah, it's probably been around 10 days-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working at a tutoring center. I've been calling it a school this whole time, like on social media and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's technically a tutoring center, right? Yeah, it's called Yaya Sankita. Yaya Sankita. Or YK. YK, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, you want to talk about Desi? Oh my goodness. Our host, Desi, Desi, is, I don't even know, she just is... I think people often say people are, like, sweet and kind Mm -hmm. and, like, accommodating, but she is, like, the most of all of those things, (laughs) and um, that was actually a reason, one of the things that just seemed, like, appealing to team leading to me was just knowing the relationship you get to have with the host, Mm -hmm. Um, and she is, like, not let down that dream at all. She... Like, we've had a bunch of people sick on our team. Mm-hmm. Like, four out of the seven people on this team have gotten <laughs> sick. And every time she takes us to the doctor and, like, she just is there. And she she doesn't skip a beat. She mm-hmm. just does all the things. Like, goes all the way, all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't really let us do anything. Right. By herself. Right. Like, I think I told her this morning whenever I did see her, I was like, I'm going to go to the mall so I can do some laundry. And she just, like, looked at me. I think she was, like, about to offer me a ride. But I was like, Mm. I'm going to walk. And then I just, like, kind of went out the door because she just gives you that look of, like, I want to serve you. She says, I can take. (laughs) She really is, like, the best kind of host that people could Mm -hmm. ask for because you and I had an amazing first month on our race and so much of it was accredited to our hosts that first month in the Philippines. Shout out to Mama Han and Kia Ferdi. (gasps) Tear. (laughs) And so with this team, them having Desi, it makes a huge difference. And I think that they know how lucky they are because we keep trying to tell them like, guys, do not no idea. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not always like this. You know, your month is defined by your host a lot of the time. So I think that they, like, know, but they won't really know until later, until they have, like, a host that's not as great. But So, yeah, Desi's amazing. And our our jobs, like, the ways that we serve at this tutoring center, the teachers are really legit. Like, they do an amazing job. So we're not super needed in the classrooms, but at least one of us will try to sit in with each class that goes on. Um, kids, some of them are in kindergarten, some of them are like first and second grade and all these things. There's like fourth graders and other kids of all ages, basically. And we will sit in and just like, like I've helped grade Mm -hmm. their little workbooks as they finish and just like check that they're, that they are writing well and clear and that their math is right and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, one time I got to stand up at the front and like help them pronounce the alphabet Mm. uh, because the teacher of course can already do that but like there is something about hearing it from a native English speaker and the pronunciation so she really wanted us to do that that one day um I don't know we do so we do stuff in the classroom and the kids are like afraid of us they're like they're so so taken aback by our white skin we also we have an african-american on the team that they're also taken aback by like just just, burst out into tears yeah some of them cry (laughs) or they'll just like stare at you and one time the teacher said like they're not normally this quiet and it's just because like we're in the room so we don't want to be a distraction but we're also in there to help because um i think the teachers really like it whenever we're in there but also a big focus, I think, of our ministry is the teachers. Yes. And we've talked about this with the team, but they're, like, very curious about us as well. Mm-hmm. They want to practice their English. Most of them are Muslim. Yeah. Would you most, say? Yeah, Desi said that 90% of the, of the staff here okay. um, are Muslim. Mm-hmm. 
we something we get to do is go to their Bible study that they have yeah. at 8 a.m. every morning, and again, it's it kind of is like we're not super needed because this Bible study would happen whether we were here or not. Yeah. Um, but we just get to go and be a part of it, and um, they the way they do it is the Christians read the Quran and then the Muslims read the Bible mm -hmm. and then they talk about it. That's so cool. And that. Yeah, that just says so much, and so um, they really are making effort here to just help people to know Jesus mm -hmm. and not, like, taking on this role that happens a lot with missionaries is just, like, pressing their, like, the ways that they practice their faith yeah. and, like, trying to adapt and make it look the same, but they just want people to know Jesus and to know God. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, they are sensitive to whoever they're talking to. Like, yeah. they're not just trying to, like, shove their beliefs down the other yeah. person's throat. Like, they're like, we are willing to also try to understand your culture and your religion, yeah. see the similarities, but also the differences, and see if there's, like, something that stirs in your heart. Yeah. Like, pray five times a day, but yeah. let's pray to God. Like, yeah. they're not trying to throw the whole thing out the window. This tutoring center, the people here, Desi and the rest of them, like, they do a great job of just merging the cultures, merging the beliefs and everything. Um, they're very inviting to us as well. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I got to help with a health clinic a couple of days ago. That was just one random day. They do it once a month. And so it just happened to fall on this day that we were here. And um, it's basically just a free health clinic. And I do not practice medicine professionally. <laughs> so I was just there... Like, I was really curious about it, and I really wanted to go. And so they just had me, like, reading off the names of the patients, of, like, whoever was up next to go and get their blood pressure taken. And one of the girls on the team, she is a nurse, and so she got to help take blood pressure. And then they visit the two doctors that are at another table. Mm -hmm. Then they sit back down, and the people, the staff gets the medicine ready because they have, like, a bunch of medicine on hand. Kind of, like, over-the-counter stuff, I think, for the yeah. most part. But also, there are licensed doctors that were there, so maybe it was even more advanced than that. And then they, like, get to take home, you know, a little bit of, like, a few doses of whatever kind of medicine. I don't know how many doses. Maybe it lasts them the rest of the month. And then, like, the next month, they can come back and do it again and receive, like, a free little checkup and maybe, like, get some treatment that they need or, like, a little bit of... Uh, medicine mm -hmm. um, and so that was fun definitely I'm going to talk about a different side of it later because I got really stressed that day from interacting with the locals but that'll touch on a different subject um, oh I also wanted to mention that we're sleeping at the tutoring center mm -hmm. upstairs in one of the classrooms two different uh, yes. classrooms ah yes and we are on mattresses on the floor or sleeping pads mm -hmm. and whatever we do have air conditioning aircon which is huge we have very strong Wi-Fi. Bucket showers, baby. We've got bucket showers. We've got squatty potties. <laughs> and we've got the tiniest kitchen. Kitchenette. Kitchenette. A humble kitchenette. Mm -hmm. Two little mini fridges. Yeah. Uh, cockroaches. Oh, gosh. Out the wazoo. Some rodent friends. We think there's a rodent. Yeah, oh, somewhere. There is. <laughs> there's a maybe He's about out it, there. let me tell you. <laughs> The water that naturally flows from the pipes and stuff is not clean, so we have uh, jugs of filtered water, kind of like mm -hmm. that you would see in an office or whatever. We've got that uh, yeah. for drinking like water. Mm-hmm. Like an igloo thing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, yeah, we're just like upstairs in this 
in this tutoring center, uh, oh, not only is the street super loud, and so it had been hard to like fall asleep at night, but five times a day they do their call yeah. to prayer because mm-hmm. it's a Muslim country. And uh, sometimes it happens in the middle of the night, right? Like one of them yeah. is like at 3 a.m. Um, or something. There's one that goes night. off. I think it's weird. Desi was explaining it in more detail to us last night. It definitely goes off five times a day. And it's like dawn and then actual morning. Mm. And then lunch, yeah. which I think they call midday. Uh-huh. And then there's Probably. evening. And then there's like... Night time. <laughs> um, and I think, so there's one, the dawn one goes off at 4.30, but I think it actually, there's like an, an invitation mm-hmm. type deal at like 3 or 3.30 mm-hmm. or something like that. That's yeah. like, hey, just so everyone knows, we're doing this. Yeah. You can pray with us. And then at 4.30, it goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep through it now, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember too many times now that I like mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night. Yeah. What if we shared John's story? Yeah. From the other I team. I actually was thinking okay, the same thing. Okay, since we're on the topic of these call to prayers. Cool. Um, well, I can share some. Yeah, yeah, you should. Since something that's really cool about getting to be here and it being their first week and their first month, like they're starting the world race, is a lot of these people, um, I have the tendency to call them kids, but they are all <laughs> older than me. They, <laughs> a lot of these kids um, oh are gosh. like stepping into this. Uh, spiritual warfare and um, experiences with the Holy Spirit for the first time and so they're just walking through like spiritual heaviness and like being uncomfy and like having to use discernment and just stepping into those types of things and there's a young man on (laughs) I don't know why you said it like that (laughs) there's a young man (laughs) on another team who um what, what happened? I think he just started talking... Oh, he sent a message about feeling some spiritual heaviness, and mm-hmm. he d- couldn't quite place it. Like, just... He couldn't really figure out where it was coming from and, like, why it was so overwhelming because it was um, leading to some anxiety, and it just was, like, on his mind a lot. And um, that's when I got the impression... Well, whenever I started to pray for him, um, one of those called to prayers calls to prayers went off. <laughs> and, um, I just had the thought of like well boy like that explains a lot like there's a lot going on here yeah. um, and a couple people on my team were making comments to even Morgan um, we were out one day and it went off at midday at mm-hmm. lunchtime and um, just saying like man it's hard to focus like we should be praying for these people and like this is a pretty big deal what's going on right now and Mm -hmm. so just like taking the time to pause and pray and recognize what's happening and like we like why are we here and like Mm -hmm. just like what if this is the only way that we get to minister to these people well by golly I hope we're doing it so um I just had this thought of intercession and like how powerful that actually is um and so I mentioned to John that I think he should try interceding during those five times a day because it's a wonder that his heart is heavy and that he's having anxiety and Mm -hmm. all these things. And apparently multiple other people told him the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote this wonderful blog um, about all of it. And he said that since praying those during those five times a day, he hasn't felt, Oh, the next 
he also had a fever. Mm-hmm. Like, he was feeling this anxiety and, like, this heaviness, and then the following day he woke up with a fever. And it just was, um, like, very clearly, like, some spiritual warfare and just, like, spiritual heaviness. And now he's, since that praying and doing all the things, yeah, casual. Right. <laughs> um, now he's, he's fine. Mm-hmm. He's feeling better and, and is learning about, like, his role in, in uh, mm-hmm. intercession and in the body. and Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really beautiful. Because mm-hmm. you had even mentioned, like, an idea for this team that we're mm-hmm. with of, like, maybe we should, like, all be praying, like, take turns for a different yeah. time that there's a call to prayer, but, like, have some sort of Someone system is, going. yeah, of, interceding. Yeah, and, like, praying during those times. Um, we also got to have a worship night with that other team, oh. which maybe now would be a good time to talk about the difference in our roles right now and like right. what is going on with these teams because yeah. it looks a little different than of course whenever we were on our race because we were just racers like staying months one through 11 mm-hmm. and now we're only staying a few months so I guess we could like talk about the difference with that um yeah I don't know if you maybe want to talk about your team first yeah um so, like Morgan said, on my race, I just was a normal gal on the <laughs> world race. I was worship coordinator mm-hmm. for the 11 months, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, because on my race, I daydreamed about being a team leader and just, like, being put into uncomfy... Like, just, like, that challenging role. Yeah. Um, and then uh, towards the end of, actually, month 11, Amy just mentioned that she is needing alumni team leaders and I said I wanted to do that so here we are <laughs> um it pretty much was exactly that simple alumni team leaders so obviously I have been on the world race before um <laughs> it's just it's the same concept of a team leader except you've done it you've been before. on the world race before yeah. so it's nice because there's no um like I guess the nice part for them is that I actually do know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not really BSing them or, like, yeah. hoping that I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty confident about everything that I've done. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> I don't know. What yeah. is an alumni team leader? No, um, that's a good way to describe ooh, it. Ooh, you get to really set the pace and the tone of, like, yeah. what, like, what is our team? Our team is called the Swirl Girls. Um, we're feeling really swirly. I like to call them the Swirly Girlies. Um, oh, I actually never called them that to their face. Um, so we, I get to decide, like, how do we want to do Journey Markers, which is that weekly Bible study. Um, what do we want that to look like? And what do we want feedback to look like? And, like, do we want to intercede for the five times of prayer a day, like, yeah. those things, I, I actually get to daydream and, and decide and actually do them, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I will, so I'm their team leader for two months, and mm-hmm. then month three, I, me and the other team leaders will just ATL, which stands for Ask the Lord, so we'll be in Thailand ATLing, mm-hmm. um, just doing life in Thailand for a month, um, with an, a, with a raised up team leader from my team. Yeah. Um, which just means that my team will be the same, and mm-hmm. then I'll pick someone from the team to, to lead them. Yeah. Um, and then we'll regroup with them at the end of Thailand, debrief, um, help them just, like, process and mm-hmm. 
yeah, I'll get ready for month four. And yeah. I will go back to the States. Yeah. And they'll carry on without you. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> Salt in the mood. It's true. <laughs> it is true. It's true. And, like, ideally, they would, like, stay on that team, stay as yeah. the Swirl Girls for yes. at least another month, I would imagine, after you're gone. Yeah. Because um, it's pretty common for them to have team changes, like, after four months or whatever, but... I guess, like, to add more understanding, the main goal of alumni team leading is mm-hmm. kind of like you're lifting a load for them so that they can, like, fully emerge and, like, be present, yeah. like, during this month one experience and just kind of figure things out. Yeah. And then by the time I'm leaving, they are self-governed, like, sufficient yeah. um, team that knows how to really love each other and take care of each other. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good, too, because after we had our leadership training for a little bit in Georgia before we, like, launched with the squad, I think it became even more clear to me, if it hadn't already, like, before that point, whenever we were being asked to come back and serve as alumni leaders, like, how influential this role can be, yeah. just because, of course, we have been on the race. But even more than that, we know how good this community can be. And all of the things that come with doing the race and how much growth you can see over the course of 11 months and all of these things. Like, if you've just already walked through it, you stepping in at the very beginning of their races can just help, yeah, like, set the tone and just be like, I want to help you guys fight for something really good. That way, you know, and and it'll make more sense later. Maybe it makes sense right now, but, like, I just want to help push you in the right direction and... Um, not serve as their mommy or whatever exactly (laughs) but just to be like yeah just to be their leader um and their friend and do ministry with them live with them sleep on the floor next to them like all of those things too like it's very you're just like in it with them but also your responsibility is a little bit different and now you're the one talking to the host all the time yes and like getting the schedule figured out and when half of your team was sick Uh, helping take care of them and take them to the doctor and yeah. stuff like that. We should also say we thought that we were getting sick at one point. Oh my goodness. We Everybody who had gotten sick at that point, one of them had a little bit of a different experience, but like yeah. um, most of the time whenever a girl got sick, they described this feeling that they got at the beginning that they were just off and their stomach wasn't quite yeah. right or whatever. And literally, probably within the same hour, yes. Melissa and I started to feel the same thing one day, just like we were on our way to the mall, we get to the mall, and Melissa expressed, like, guys, I'm feeling a little off, and everybody's like, ugh, and I was like, okay, actually, me too, and so we, like, prayed, then we went to the grocery store, felt really I... bad. <laughs> Morgan and I got into a... The most, like, the, the extent of what Morgan and I have ever gotten into a fight Like before. an argument like, yeah. of, like, <laughs> taking a bath. Really complicated. But the, the closest that Morgan and I have ever gotten into a fight was this day. <laughs> because I, I felt like I could throw up, like, in that moment, or like, ten minutes from then, an hour from then. Like, I just did not feel good. Yeah. And someone advised me... To get one of those little grocery bags like that you bags. Use, yeah, for, gro- for groceries. For groceries. <laughs> and so I saw Morgan, and I was like, Morgan, you need to take one of these. And she was like, I'm not taking one. And I was like, Morgan, you need it. And she like starts walking away. We start bantering back and forth. I'm like, Morgan, do you want to throw up in this grocery store? She's like, I'm not going to throw up. I prayed for myself, and I have authority. <laughs> oh, my god! And then eventually, so... To clarify, she did not take the grocery bag. 
Did I not? I, I think, think I did. did. I think I still have no, it. No, she walked away and then I gave it to her and she reluctantly took it. Yeah, I like threw it in my bag and something. was just like, yeah. I just refused to get sick. And then we started talking about like, what is the difference between praying for like immunity over ourselves and yeah. like we can't ask God to like prevent us from getting sick. But sometimes, no matter what, people get sick and there yeah. are germs in the world and disease and illness. Yeah. Yes. And so like, where's the line? <laughs> and so you feel so defeated walking into that grocery store and walking around and being like, Ugh, I'm going to get sick. But no, I did technically pray. So what? <laughs> And then we both end up, like, checking out whatever, and the rest of the team was still buying groceries, and so we sit outside on, like, these little benches mm-hmm. in, like, the main part of the mall, and she and I just, like, prayed for each other, and, uh, I don't know, like, started to feel better, until basically by the end of that day, we were like, I feel fine. Yeah, the thing was that I had been cooped up in the tutoring center, our home, uh-huh. taking care of people that were down in the dumps, uh, sick people. <laughs> and so then everyone was like, we're going to go do a coffee crawl. They went to like two coffee two shops. Two coffee shops. <laughs> um, I was like, I want to go to a coffee crawl, but I had to like make it to where I could go so that like people were taken care of and all the things. So we finally like manipulated the schedule so we could make it happen and I could mm-hmm. go. And then we started feeling sick. And so it just was this thing of like, no. Yeah. Like, I am not getting sick. I am not sitting in the house. I am going to the coffee crawl and spending time <laughs> with my team. And we did. Mm-hmm. And we were fine. And, and we it was haven't fine. gotten sick. And it was fine. And here we are. Here we are. Drinking our tea, eating these little rice. <laughs> the crunch of a rice cookie cake thing. Also, there is definitely a dead mosquito in my of cup of tea. Yeah. I've just been, like, staring at it because I really want to drink, but he is just Ew. floating in Ew. there. <laughs> there. I have noticed. Gross. I have always called mosquitoes he. Really? Yes. I think, I I think like, they're all a blood males. sucker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a topic for another time. <laughs> um, okay, so then with my role... Um, an alumni squad leader. We start, started our race. We did not have alumni team leaders on our race. Mm-mm. Somebody, a baby racer from our teams, first teams, <laughs> little baby <laughs> racer. on <laughs> the world race. <laughs> they were raised up and acted as a team leader. They were a team leader. They didn't act, but you know what I mean. Like They served as a team leader for, for our first round of teams and whatever. Whereas this time, we have alumni team leaders, and the difference is huge. Like, I think it's pretty dramatic. I remember our team leader not enjoying it very much. Like, it was pretty stressful. It takes away from the experience of your race, especially if you've never traveled internationally before and done it before. there's a lot of new stuff going on. Yeah. But we did have two alumni squad leaders, so that's always been a thing, as far as I know. That's been a thing for a while. And um, two of them, they stay for five months. Alex ended up staying for a six month with the guys during ministry month. But um, so same concept though. Alumni, they've done the race before, but they are they oversee the whole squad. Their role is a little bit more prophetic, as Amy says, mm-hmm. our squad mentor. She just like says that theirs is more for like the collective group, kind of like words of inspiration, kind of like boosting the morale of the the squad as a whole kind of taking care of like the big picture things for the squad as well and like helping with debriefs and things like that um being like a line of communication to the team leaders Mm -hmm. da 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 so that's what i'm doing now (laughs) 
um, an alumni squad leader to stay for five months and then just go home after that. And I have a co-leader. And we also have, like, the flexibility and the freedom to, like, just pick whatever team we want to serve with that month. But we can also... Like, our squad leaders, they chose one team for the one month that they would be with the whole month. And that's just kind of the tradition that they set for themselves. Ashley and I, my co-leader, so far for this first month, we thought it would be nice because two teams are in one city, two teams are in another city, and then there's one team, like, far out on, like, this other island. And we thought it would be really cool to, like, try to touch base with as many people as possible that first month. And since we have alumni team leaders, since we have people like Melissa, our role is just, like, it's less hands-on, mm-hmm. I guess, at the beginning. We have we have less of an influence on the team specifically because there's people like Melissa and the other team leaders already doing that with their team of seven or however many. Yeah. And so Ashley and I can, like bop around and like visit different teams so right now I'm with Melissa's team for the first half of this month and then this is actually our last day together today (laughs) and uh (laughs) and then tomorrow I'll leave with Ashley because she's been with the other team in this city so we're gonna regroup at the bus station or whatever and then leave tomorrow to head over to the island of Bali Ooh. And spend the second half with them. And so there's one other team that we won't get to spend time with this first month, but we've been in contact with them and everything and just making sure that everything's okay Um, and that they're still thriving and doing fine and that they're healthy. But we won't actually see them until our debrief in Malaysia. And then we'll just, like, start whatever else month two in Malaysia. And maybe we'll bop around again. Maybe we'll pick one team to spend the whole month with. So that's kind of the difference between the role between an alumni team leader and an alumni squad leader. So Ashley and I are just a little bit more big picture. And um, then you have a team leader for each team. So I've been spending the last week and a half with Melissa, which is very reminiscent of our days in the Philippines. Oh my goodness, the Philippines. (laughs) When we would wake up next to each other on our little mattress on the floor upstairs of the house. I actually had a bed. You had a bed? Yeah, remember how you walk into the room and you look to the right... And there's, like, a tiny little bed. It was, like, honestly, like, this table. That one. Yes. Yes. I also had a bed. Yeah. I'm thinking of the the other house that we stayed in up north in the Philippines. When you and I... Yeah. (laughs) When you and I shared a mattress on the floor. We sure did. In front of the sliding doors to the porch outside and a fan and all the things, but... All the things. Yeah. You told me one of our first mornings here, you were like, I just woke up and I looked over and I saw you and I just wanted to cry or something. (laughs) I kind of made up that last one. (laughs) It was very emotional for you, I remember. Um, I remember you sobbing like a baby, very vividly. Uh, Yeah, but it was just like so sweet. It was just, we started our race together the last time. Let me tell you, actually, what happened was... um, (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) Well, well, let me tell you. So I actually remember waking up the first morning in the Philippines in our... We had just this cutie little room with our Mm -hmm. team, the way. um, And I pretty much... I still do this now. I just kind of, like, wake up, like, at weird hours. I kind of just, like, wake up at 3 a.m. and then 5 a.m. I'm like, all right, everyone's still here. I'm still here. Then I go back to sleep. We're still good. (laughs) Yeah, we're still breathing. All right, cool. So... I, I remember waking up in the Philippines probably around like 5 a.m. 
and the sun was shining through our curtains Aww. just barely yes. and um i just remember seeing everyone and it just was like wow i am here i'm in the philippines i have arrived this is my team and then i just went back to sleep but i just remember that moment and like thanking god and just like i just woke up in the freaking philippines and so then we're here in indonesia and Lo and behold, <laughs> I wake up at 5 a.m. and I roll over on my sleeping pad and you take a wild guess of who I saw. <laughs> Just one sleeping pad over from me. Morgan White, ladies and gentlemen, that too. <laughs> so it's just oh this gosh. very sweet thing. Um, uh, and it just yeah. is like... Full circle and like Full circle, a yeah. circle that I did not think of my own right. to draw up. Who the heck <laughs> would yeah, have who came up with this? <laughs> that we would be back on the field, A, in general, just that, <laughs> just B, that. together, C, that's about it. But like, <laughs> I was like wait, you already said it. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> We did not expect to be here. You always did, well, not not always, I mean, kind of, like, wanted to, like, you liked the idea of alumni leading in yeah. some form or another. So I, whenever they asked yeah. you, it was like, oh, well, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I gave, I told Amy, I was like, I'll give you a tentative yes for now. And then, like, the same day, I was like, guys, Amy asked me to alumni team lead. I was like, oh, I need to tell her yes to that. So it definitely was something I, I wanted. Yeah. So I kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't like that huge of a shock, yeah. but that we get to be here together, right. like of all the squads and of all right. the squad mentors, of all the launch windows, uh, of all the teams you could have gone with. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are We're here. here. <laughs> oh my gosh. This makes me think of that dream. Yes. <laughs> it's such a good dream. Tell it. I'll tell it. We have time. Um, when we were in our leadership training and we were staying in Gainesville, Georgia at the AIM base, um, my sister texted me one night, one morning, I guess, and said, I just had a dream mm-hmm. about you or whatever. And she like actually sent me these voice recordings. So like you could hear the animation in her voice. And so it painted this very vivid picture of what she dreamt of me. But basically, so I fancy myself with some politics and American history and all that. Um, but apparently we were at this rally for President Trump. And this is not to signify how much of a supporter I am of him, but just the facts are is that in this dream, we were at a Trump rally, and I was up on stage, and I was speaking, and at the podium, like, introducing him, like, hyping him up. I was the hype person. I was also wearing a mini skirt. (laughs) Yeah, you were. (laughs) With uh, sunflowers on it, apparently. So just very specific. I do not have dreams like this either. So it's kind of funny that she had this and she's explaining it to me. And I am at the podium, like, saying, like, you know, here he comes, ladies and gentlemen, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, apparently also even said the words, he's beauty, he's grace, he's Miss United States. (laughs) And um, Trump is off stage giving me two big thumbs up. My mom and my sister are just sobbing in the crowd because they're so proud of me and blah, blah, blah. And apparently it's just so emotional. 
And the news reporters in the back of the room are talking about me on stage, and they're like, this is the speech of the decade, folks. You don't want to miss you this. You don't want to miss this. <laughs> and almost like an old, like, 50s recording of, like, a newscaster of just like, ah, oh, yes, folks, like, blah, blah, blah. And they were just getting so into it. And ever since then, we have now... Um, like use that phrase a lot for like little things like something cool happened and like we'll eat a really great sandwich or something like it's the sandwich of the decade folks you don't want to speech of the decade folks you (laughs) don't want to miss this yeah that's basically the extent of that dream like i'm pretty sure afterwards i exited the stage um i think he offered me a job at the white house or something like just something kind of silly like that and you know just was the best hype man a president could ask for um, mini skirt and all, so yeah, mini skirt and that's all. what that made me think of. Um, okay, so this is kind of like going off on another little tangent, but since that kind of closed out that part about talking about our roles and everything, and uh, hype men, um, there's something I did want to talk about about being in not only back out on the field. I almost made a series of video recordings on my Instagram story to talk about this, but it was just turning into a long conversation mm-hmm. with myself or whatever, like just me like talking yeah. um, for like over a minute. And I'm like, nobody's going to sit around and listen to this on your Instagram story. You just end up like clicking through really fast or whatever. Ouch. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> that's fine. You know, like one or two max and then let the people have their freedom to listen to other things okay so now on this podcast i'd like to talk about this since we have been back out on the field and also back in southeast asia specifically but even more specifically being in this area of indonesia um tourists do not frequent this region very often so it's pretty obvious whenever we walk by on the street the first few days pretty casual people are just smiling at us and they're staring of course and like we experienced some of that in the philippines as well like on our first month like people just like jaw dropped like gawking at us um but like it's just it's a little different this time but like when we'd walk down the street we'd say hello like to people yeah and they were so kind and they would wave back and whatever and, and just like really um sweet but That has not necessarily changed. Like, that still happens whenever we walk on the street. But, like, even in the malls and, like, going places, like, people just really... Getting coffee. They just really stare. And sometimes it goes to this next level of asking for pictures, which... The first day that this happened, I think we had a small conversation amongst the team of like, this is ministry. Like, if we, because we can't really speak their language, some of them can kind of speak English sometimes, but it's Mm -hmm. not super um, frequent and super common. And so we're like, you know, if we just need to stand in for a photo, so be it. Like, we can just like pray that they are having an encounter with the Holy Spirit, da da da. That is still true, of course. But what happens, there's like different different uh facets of this because on the one hand you have sweet ladies who come up to you and they're giggling a little bit and they're like kind of trying to talk to you but they don't know how and they feel embarrassed and like whatever but they like really want a picture and then you're like okay sure have a photo right woman sweet lady we would love to have a picture then and then (laughs) well like even another time it could be like then a line forms of a lot of sweet ladies or whoever and their children and their children's children and their children's children's children (laughs) and as soon as you know it like this actually happened at that theater performance that we went to like that the school was putting on um like a whole line of people like by our seats asking you to take photos so then it turns more extreme into that then it also turns into 
um, people not even trying to ask you a question or like ask engage. for your name. Yeah, like not engage with you at all. And it turns very transactional, very just like they walk up, their phone is in their hand, they point at it and they say, photo? And or you're they like, just say selfie. Or selfie. Before you know it. Before you even have time to say anything, they are ushering their friends into the photo and you are being packed into a little sandwich and you're just oh. like, okay, cheese. And you're just like taking a picture. Again, you can kind of be like, well, it's the nice thing to do, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, I don't know. And then the last thing I will mention is the other side of it where you are walking down the street and you look up and you see a dude secretly recording you. Yeah, like hiding the phone a little bit. And like, yeah, just being creepy. That's happened multiple times. And finally, the last time it happened, I straight up told him, no, thank you. And he just like laughed and smiled. And I was like, no, thank you. Like tried to be very stern. (laughs) And then I realized, I was like, now I'm in the photo, face and all showing, like looking into the camera, like saying, no, thank you. Like maybe I should have just hid my face and like ran away. But also I hope that he felt embarrassed because after three times of asking him, no, thank you. Like he finally turned around and whatever, but like, I don't know, do you see the difference in all of these scenarios? But, like, all revolving around pictures and being exposed all the time. And, like, I know that we look different and, like, I don't blame people for being curious about us if they do not see Americans very often. Little kids are really cute, too, or, like, girls, like, in junior high, like, you'll pass them on the street, too, and they just, like, kind of look at you like, whoa. Um, Yeah. But... Man, it crosses a line a lot of the time, and it just uncomfy. It makes me very uncomfortable. Like at that health clinic, people were just like staring so much. I was announcing the names. I was doing the best I could, and Mm. I was asking a lady, a local, like how to say the name before I announced it out loud, and they would still just like laugh at me. One lady started mocking me, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then as soon as I know it, a man comes up who like is a teacher in the area and he starts asking for photos and like we're in the middle of working at this health clinic and he's like come here come here and he's like having us all scoot in and like Steph is like taking blood pressure and she just kind of leans in and I'm like dude now is not the time and then there's another man lingering in like the doorway or whatever and I don't know like people just want picture after picture and uh, I just got so overwhelmed and stressed and then we went out to lunch and I saw that guy secretly recording us and so that's when I was like, oh, like enough is enough enough is enough guys like it's man I don't know and if anything it's also made me more like careful as a photographer mm. because they always tell you before international travel before a trip like this and it's specifically on the world race they kind of sit you down and talk about storytelling and they're like before you take a photo of somebody be considerate of who you're taking a photo of and like don't take photos of like the inside of their homes or like you know or like invade their privacy in any way don't exploit people don't like just take a photo of them in their poverty just to you know post it on your instagram like stuff like that so i was already sort of aware of that and like watchful of it have i'm sure failed in the past at it um but like this now has made me a bit more careful of like 
just who I'm taking photos of. And I think it's important to establish some sort of connection. If you are especially going to be taking a picture of a local's, like, face or whatever, like, say hello, ask, and everything. But even the asking, like, I get tired if people ask me too much. So, if anything, just be respectful of who you're taking a photo of. And, like, don't, maybe don't show their face. or And, like, I was just telling Melissa a second ago, like, maybe they're, like, a street vendor and they're cooking something, like, out on the street. Like, that's kind of different, I think, too, because you're taking a photo of what they're doing and this is the culture and their street food. And, I don't know, just having discernment. And not just taking a photo of a child, like, click, and then, like, walking away and just, like, holding up a thumbs up. Like, there's just, there's a code of conduct, and there's yeah. a line, and just be being careful with it. So, I just know, after feeling so stressed and, um, like, exposed this last week, it was just a humble reminder of, like, man, I hope that I am taking photos in a dignified way. Yeah. And, like, I took pictures all throughout that health clinic, but... The only time I really focused in on people's faces, it was, like, the doctors that we had lunch with. And we were, we had, like, established a connection. Our host, who we've been spending time with. Like, things like that. Um, And then I often like to take photos of just, like, where we are and just, like, show the moment. And I want Mm -hmm. people to feel like they're there. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, another thing, too. But I don't want to, like, zero in on somebody and just be like, let me take a photo of you. I don't know. It's hard. You're going to, like, mess up a lot, and I'm sure I will in the future, too, but um, it's just made me more aware of it, I guess, and I don't want to... I don't want to make people feel the way that I have felt. Sometimes I felt like I am a zebra or something, just, like, strolling down the road, and everyone's like, whoa! Like, that's kind of how they act. Maybe not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I had... There was a a man recording one time whenever I was walking by. And honestly, I feel like we keep on putting emphasis on, like, a man recording, a man. I'm thinking, and I think I'm being honest with myself when I say if a stranger, any stranger, a woman, a child, that, like, had their phone out and was recording me, I think I would feel just as Mm -hmm. violated and just exposed. That's a good point. Um... Because I've almost told a few ladies no. Yeah. And Just because you can say no. Because yeah, you're allowed your to. your body yeah. that they're photographing. <laughs> this is myself right here yes. that you're asking for. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just like walking and this man was recording. And I, in that moment, had a daydream about myself walking up to him. And uh, <laughs> maybe or maybe not taking the phone out of his hand. <laughs> and maybe or maybe not throwing it on the ground. <laughs> like, it just gets to a, such a frustrating point. Yeah. And, and I think it is different because, like, it's not just myself that I'm, like, walking around with. Like, mm-hmm. you're freaking making all my friends feel uncomfortable and, like, people that I want to protect. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to navigate and to draw the line and, yeah. and like, to still be stay kind. faced, kind of. Yeah. But then also, like, not stay face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, <sighs> it's hard. It. <laughs> just, like... Uh, you can feel it out in that moment too and just be like this person means me no harm yeah and they just want a photo whatever but like after five of them maybe i'll put a stop to it and then there's also yeah just like people trying to sneak one by or just like use you for the photo like just so transactional just so like i just want a photo with you okay bye like i don't know that's where it gets under your skin a little bit so Anyways, yeah. there's a peek into that. Yeah, because it's not like it's all the time, but, like, I don't know. I did laundry today at the mall, and if I had a dollar for every person that stared at me, I'd be fully funded by now. <laughs> like, 
Heyo. It, seriously, heyo. <laughs> like, it happens all the time. Um, but it's not like it plagues our time here and we just, like, come back to the I house and we're step crying. Outside. Yeah, it's not like that. But it's just like, oh, there are definitely people looking at us right now. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh well. That was the last order of business that I really wanted to talk about. Wow. Um, I know. We've done it. Oh, I should also add, I prayed over immunity, like, immunity over the group of if people did take photos and videos, like, nothing's going to be done with them, and, like, we will, our privacy will remain the same no matter what, like, God's not gonna let anything happen with them, like, not, like, anything serious, but I'm just even saying being posted on social media and, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Just, like, overexposed all the time. I just, like, prayed that if people end up keeping those photos on their phone, they just look at them sometimes and they laugh and they reminisce, but, like, they don't end up doing anything with them. Like, printing it off and framing it in their home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, just, I I had, yeah, prayed protection over everybody and our identities (laughs) and um, ourselves. (laughs) But, I don't know. Do you feel like you're learning anything in these first couple of weeks? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's where to begin. Well, <laughs> I think like someone asked, I think it was Macy. Macy mm-hmm. Shepard was on our first team with us yes. and was on our world race. And we just FaceTimed her the other day. And she asked what it was like being back on the field, having been on the world race before. And um, I talked about a difference, but I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very significant. What <laughs> I am thinking of now is just that my compa- capacity to learn is completely different. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's a photo thing, but, like, in my head, that's something that I have encountered a lot on the race. And, like, is it frustrating? Yeah, but, like, I can mentally move on past that. And, like, just, like, nothing has really quite, like, been a shock yet. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm able to, to just absorb more, um... Nothing really feels, like, extremely new. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to just, like, learn as much as I can about the Muslim culture and their faith and um, what is actual, like, what is an actual language barrier? And, like, what does it mean to, um, what is the word? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I do this sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> mm. Excuse me. <laughs> that was my nostril. Uh, there's this word that is about like crossing cultures and like, like adjusting and like no no transition no, you fool. <laughs> no. crossing cultures the culture one, shock the, no 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 <laughs> about like culture nope Danny and Patrick's talk how they talked about um like approaching a different culture with the gospel oh. of Jesus Christ. And, like, presenting it in a way like, that is not, like, pushing an agenda, but saying, like... <laughs> like it speaks to their culture? Yeah! But there's a is word! Is there a word? I don't oh know my goodness, word. This is so frustrating. <laughs> it starts with, I think, a C. A C? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Oh, my man. gracious. Oops. Great balls of fire. Just, uh, it's not going to happen right okay. now. But I feel like I am learning a lot, <laughs> to say the least. It's very cool because uh, I feel like I've pushed through a lot of things that would be uncomfy or mm-hmm. whatever, what have you. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, I just feel like I can learn a lot more and 
this does feel strangely normal. Like, I'm just taking my bucket shower and <laughs> lugging my big pack around. Yeah. Getting everyone to the airport and yep. doing all the things. It just makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember what your question was. Just, like, have you been learning anything? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you said yes. And, <laughs> like, the team, like, mm-hmm. uh, it just is so neat that I get to be here while they learn so much. And uh, something I'm definitely learning yeah. is that my team is my ministry, whereas I thought, like, I was going to come on the world race round two, but for a shorter <laughs> period of time and do ministry, round but, two. like, actually, they are my ministry, and so that's where all of my energy and, yeah, um, yeah like, all of my energy goes towards mm-hmm. uh, the conversations with them and, like, praying for them and, like, figuring out what they need and yeah. just, like, being in a good place with the Lord so that I'm able to discern, like, at any moment, what does so-and-so need right now yes. when they're clearly, like, breaking down or, like, going through a hard time, like, how, like, what can I offer to them? And yeah. um, just learning what it means to be weak and to see, like, God's strength come from that mm-hmm. um, yeah. has been really special and gradual and fun. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, because we've already had our race. We've already had the 11 months. And so if we are just here to help them experience their race to the fullest and to engage in ministry Mm -hmm. like as best as they can, to make connections and to get out of their comfort zones with evangelism or whatever, grow in their personal faith, like we are just helping spur that on even more. Mm -hmm. Um, And just as like an added bonus, we also get to have those moments with the locals or with the host and like make friends with these people that were with mm-hmm. as well. It's just, it's different, definitely, this time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. It's been <laughs> good. nice. Oh, very nice. It has been nice. Melissa's grabbing something. I really want to know what that word was. Oh, jeez. It's gonna just really... She's gonna look back in her notes. It's here. Okay. Oh, it's somewhere. All right. Contextualize. Contextualize, folks. Are you sure? You said it starts with a C. That could maybe be it. Contextualization. Yeah, I think that is it. Okay, look it up, guys. Ethno linguistic reachedness versus reached. What's the 1040 window? Oh my. What is a shame on our culture? What's guilt, innocence, fear, power? These are the things that keep me up at night. (laughs) No, the dead verse, the the word was definitely contextualized. Okay, um, great. Just like seeing that, just seeing that like actually come to life, it has been really cool. They have done a good job at um, just like contextualizing the gospel and like presenting it in a way that actually does reach to all people and cultures. Yeah, and places. I think I even made an Instagram post about you that did. of like yeah. In short, yeah. Yes. Well, now we can sleep at night because we know what the word was. <laughs> Contextualized. So I was real worried there. Uh, dang, we got close to an hour. Shooty dang. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's something I need to say? Oh, I um, am still fundraising, and so if you'd like to visit morganewhite.theworldrace.org, I think I'm about halfway to like my minimum, and then anything past five thousand is used for me to revisit the squad at some of their debriefs in Africa. Uh, yeah, and we've got blogs on there. I have not written a blog since being back out on the field. I've have you? One. Technically, okay. I wasn't even on the field. I was about to fly here. Okay. I have one written Kinda out of my counts. head. Do you? It's almost there. Okay. <laughs> now I just gotta put the pen to the paper. Exactly. 
I might write a blog or I might just count this as my storytelling, but sometimes it's nice to write out your thoughts. Anyways, that doesn't matter. You'll just see if something is posted. Uh, you can follow Melissa's world race journey on Instagram. That's right. What's your, it's at, Melissa? Yeah. With a, <laughs> at it's underscore Melissa. That's spelled M-A-L-Y-S. <laughs> and her blog site is Melissa Napoli. Dot the world race dot org. <laughs> yeah, definitely that's the end of it. Yeah, yeah, and then of course I am American Morgan with an underscore in the they middle. They know who you are. They know the people know. <laughs> okay. Speech of the decade, folks. That's the speech of the decade. We'll stop it right there. Until next time. Until next time. Ding. Ding. <laughs> I wonder what that sounded like. We just bopped our microphones together. Ding. Okay. Bye. <laughs>